Today, the details in Uvalde continue to get more confusing, but the White House refuses to investigate. And on top of that, authorities are now investigating if, re if a retired federal agent knew about the Buffalo mass shooting in advance. We have got that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Blaze TV contributor Alex Stein, host of Conspiracy Castle, who I do love when you wear that tie because it does match my branding. Yeah, of course. And, and look, if, for the people at home, orange loafers too. So we have <laughs> oh full God, the News and Why. That. It's primetime 99. You know, I'm That's full, how you do it. We go full head to toe. Themed dress, themed outfit. I would like to say that was pretty flexible of you as well. I know, I'm a yogi. I'm a little bit of a yogi, so be careful. On my Instagram account, you'll see my yoga journey if you're really that interested. Or if you're really not that interested, still there. <laughs> uh, also joined by Blaze TV's own Sydney Watson, also host of Sydney Watson, uh, which you should be subscribed to on YouTube. It's very, very easy to remember. My mm -hmm. creatively named channel. Yes, it's very easy to remember. It's just... It's so easy. Sydney so Watson. easy to spell as well. Um, so, okay, so let's get into... I, look, it's it's been difficult to cover the news this week uh, in light of this shooting that happened here in Texas, but it just has become increasingly difficult because another day goes by and it feels like more details are either uh, brought out or continue to be hidden um, and it just becomes more and more confusing and you start to wonder what's going on at the top. So let me let me play for you a part of the press conference held by Texas DPS and uh, a an official a Texas official was asked why the police did not enter the classroom. He said that uh, the commander made the decision not to enter because he believed it was no longer an active shooter. Um, and that he had transitioned to a barricaded room, even though children continued to call 911 from the classroom. Let's watch some of that. None at that time. Why? Why? The, the on-scene commander at the time believed that it had transitioned from an active shooter to a barricaded subject. Sir, you have people who are alive, children who are calling 911, saying, please send the police. They are alive. We're well, we're, we're, we're well aware of that. Right. Yeah. Why was this decision made not to go in and rescue these children? Again, you know, the on-scene commander considered a barricaded subject and that there was time and there were no ch more children at risk. Uh, really difficult to uh, to swallow here. A few other things that were brought up in this press conference. Uh, a teacher at Robb Elementary School apparently propped a door open at the school before the shooting occurred. The school resource officer drove to campus after hearing a 911 call uh, and apparently inadvertently drove by the shooter is what they said, but he was kneeling down by a car. Uh, the shooter fired over 100 rounds in the classroom and was inside the class and firing for two minutes straight before a team of local police officers made entry to the school and were fired upon by the shooter. They pulled back and covered the door. There were 19 officers inside the school. None of them attempted to enter the classroom because they claimed they believed that he was barricaded with a room full 
of, uh, you know, dead children, I guess. And the police chief there violated active shooter training when he made the call to prevent officers from breaching the door and killing the shooter as soon as possible. It just really is very difficult to comprehend how how all of these failures could have happened one after the other, after the other, after the other. It's like, what the hell are we doing here, guys? It almost seems like it happened on purpose, but let's not get all conspiratorial because, you know, I have to put on my, you know, tinfoil crown. I am the host of the Conspiracy Castle. But just starting off with the facts that they give us, it doesn't make sense. The fact that these cops, it's their job to protect and serve. And I think that most cops in any situation would be running in there to save children. So the fact that they would stand down, obviously somebody, a captain, somebody higher up told them, gave them these orders. So it's just really weird because all of these guys are order followers and they say if we don't have guns, well, the police will protect us. Well, the police did a horrible job of protecting these children. Yeah, I want, uh, Sydney, I'm like, again, it's not just that they, that they didn't engage with the shooter. They were standing outside handcuffing parents. Macing parents. Yeah, tasering parents. We have a a tweet from a a Texas reporter who said a mom of two children at Uvalde was put in handcuffs after urging police and law enforcement to enter the school. Once freed from her cuffs, she jumped the school fence, ran inside and sprinted out with her kids. I mean, like it's 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 really I'm look, I'm not I'm going to let you be the conspiracy theorist, not me, Alex. But it really is when you look at all these facts, it's like who the hell was making these calls to not only not uh, not engage with the shooter and say like, oh, I guess he had transitioned and completely ignore active shooter training, but also to treat the parents that way for wanting to go. I mean, I got to tell you, I would be the one daring them to stop me. Of course. I have a firearm. I'm going in to get my kids. They're my children. Mm. I freaking dare you to stop me. Yeah. <clears throat> so I have a hard time with the timeline of this. Uh, mm-hmm. And I haven't said anything on this whole topic to date because there's so many inconsistencies. So to be honest with you, and I know this is such a cop-out, I don't know what to make of this mm-hmm. because when I read what the media is reporting it's confusing. And then when you look at what the cops are saying and they're trying to shift blame between each other, it's confusing. Mm -hmm. And the whole situation was, I'm trying to think of a non-Australian way of saying this. I want to say (laughs) up, but I know that, is that, am I allowed to say on your show? Well, I guess we'll find out. It was roostered up. And, (laughs) uh, and so I don't understand particularly this timeline. So it's really hard for me to make sense of anything. As for the parents, it's like incomprehensible to me how, these parents must have been feeling in the moment knowing that cops are standing outside and they themselves are not allowed to go in and protect and, and help their own children. I just, none of this makes sense. I don't understand. Alex, you, you're the conspiracy boy. Well, I mean, you know the things. I don't know what to make sense of this. I'm, I'm but a normie. But I don't, <laughs> what is I, happening? I mean, there's only so much we can say and it's just very unusual. A guy 18 years old working at Wendy's was able to spend nearly $6,000 on firearms. I mean, we could go, there's a laundry list of things that are what we would call red flags. Yeah. Um, and so like I don't, cutting his own face probably was to one get of attention. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. But, but see, this yeah. is the problem though with the government is there's classified levels of information, so we're never going to know the true story, no matter what. What we're going to get is we're going to get the government-approved story, and Brian Stelter is going to regurgitate it, Don Lamont is going to regurgitate it, and you and I, all of us can probably agree, whatever the government tells us is probably not the 100% accurate story. No, you don't say. Well, and so this is the thing, though. In this day and age with internet sluice and with the cell phone, we're going to be able to figure out, we're going to be able to take our own, you know, uh, opinion of, of the facts. 
But at this moment, everything is so convoluted mm. and so confusing, I don't even think we can actually make a judgment call of what exactly happened. We need more time and more people to get exposed. Uh, and you say more time, but it's like, how much more time do we need? Because again, uh, they've had enough time to mm. get You're whatever story is. They've had enough time to get straight. The longer it takes, the more I'm like, what the hell are you guys changing behind closed doors before you release it to the public? Well, we know that the White House already said, and we'll go over that, that article, but they already said that they're not going to look into it. So that is a huge red flag. I mean, 21 people died. This is a, the biggest national news story. The White House should be all over it, but instead they're going to get mad and they're going to use the FBI to weaponize uh, parents at, at you know school board meetings. So it's just shows you that our government's priorities are not in the right place. So I want, and, and we will get to the White House um, here in a second, but I, I, I also want to get to uh, this Texas police lieutenant, DPS lieutenant, who uh, basically, it's, it's, it's really maddening to me because, you know, we live in the state of Texas mm -hmm. and we're supposed mm -hmm. to be seen as like this, you know, strong, fearless. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fearless, courageous uh, state. And this Texas police DPS lieutenant actually just says, basically, like, the officers were there. Uh, they arrived at the school quickly, but they waited for reinforcements because they were too scared of getting shot. Watch. Correct. The active shooter situation, you want to stop the killing, you want to preserve life. But also, one thing that, of course, the American people need to understand is that officers are making entry into this building. Uh, they do not know where the gunman is. Uh, they are hearing gunshots. They are they are receiving gunshots. At that point, if they if they proceeded any further, not knowing where this suspect was at, um, they could have been shot. They could have been killed. And at that point, that gunman would have the opportunity to kill other people inside that school. So they were able to contain that gunman inside that classroom uh, so that he was not able to go to any other portions of the school to commit any other killings. It's, it's pretty unfathomable. It's like these people are making the exact case for the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. They are mm -hmm. basically telling you at the end of the day, you can't rely on the government, on some law enforcement official who's a complete stranger to you and your family to be the person to protect and defend you. I, and the more that comes out, I'm like, I'm, I'm bewildered as to how gun control advocates can make any other argument at this point. It, it really, as tragic as the situation is, mm -hmm. I cannot think of a better freaking argument than a police officer going on national television and saying, well, I mean, they were scared to get shot, so tough luck on those kids, I guess. It's one of the greatest things, too, because one of the main arguments from the left are, well, you know, it's cops and the military yeah. who should have control of firearms, yeah. and they should be the ones They're who highly trained. Yeah. They're the only ones who they can, can have yeah, these they can scary weapons. You, and it's like, well, perhaps if, you know, a teacher had had a gun, as soon as that kid walks in, you can just, just shoot him in the face. I don't know. But it's, it, there's, it's frustrating because on one hand, I try to empathize and, and understand where someone might be coming from. I get that the risk of being shot is probably tremendous and you're like, holy crap. But the other side of that is you signed up for a role that basically leads you into these situations. And if you're not prepared to be in that situation and potentially lose your life, don't become a police officer. And one thing I want to say, if they abolish the Second Amendment, the police and military and criminals are still going to have guns. Mm -hmm. yes. And obviously, you know, there should be a lot of attention on the situation. But every single weekend in Chicago, Illinois, there's mm -hmm. nearly 26 people, I think, or it's like 16 people on average, are victims of gun violence. So 
listen, a place where the gun laws are more strict doesn't mean there's less gun violence. So uh, for me, this is kind of seems like it's going to be another a crisis that doesn't go to waste for the people that are going to be able to politicize it and use it to gain political gain, like Beto O'Rourke yeah. going and trying to call out Governor Abbott. I mean, and then you see Meghan Markle. I don't know if you guys saw that. She's yeah, out there she's laying, laying flowers. flowers. I mean, give me a break. These guys are trying to get the clout in the world uh, over the deaths of 21 children. These people are sick and disgusting. Think about how messed up it is, too, though, that the media picks and chooses which stories it amplifies mm -hmm. in terms of mass shootings. Mm -hmm. I mean, it conveniently forgot about, I believe it was a couple weeks ago, um, a black man went into a subway and, and shot and killed somebody and I think shot five other people. I might be conflating stories. But there was a mass shooting in a subway in New York uh, by a black man. Unprovoked, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then there was another mass shooting actually in California mm -hmm. uh, at a Taiwanese church by a Chinese man who shot five people and killed one person. And so it's like... Why do these stories not get any coverage? And it's probably because the perpetrators aren't the right skin color. The perpetrators the are minorities. <laughs> and it can't be used to basically promote a gun control narrative. I always think about it in the sense of the amount of uh, crimes that are averted annually because of firearms are astronomical. I mean, there's the estimate of two million crimes are averted every single year because a good guy had a gun. Now, when you look at how many people would not be able to defend themselves or not be in a position where they might be able to help somebody else because of psycho gun control policy, and mind you, let's, let's bear in mind that there's already, what, 20,000 pieces of legislation yeah. infringing on the Second Amendment as it is. Like, what new piece of legislation will you pass that will suddenly fix the problem? I am very curious. I I love that I love that you say that because it's something that I so often say, especially with this. There's so much misinformation coming out, and Thanks. everyone wants to blame mm -hmm. the new permitless carry, the concealed carry, uh, permitless open carry law that uh, is now recently on the books in Texas, and it's like. No, it was still illegal for him to have mm -hmm. the gun at that school. Actually, it was doubly illegal because yeah. it's a federal law preventing him from doing it and a state law, which actually increased the penalties for doing so. Mm -hmm. um, and he still went through a background check. Yes. Yeah. So none of that, what that law did uh, created the situation that we find today. In fact, again, it's happening in gun-free zones. Well, the narrative, too, surrounding this is that there's some overemphasis on uh, rifles being used yeah. in, in gun crime. And probably, you know, the, the, the people who watch our show probably know this already. But, I mean, the largest portion of uh, crimes that are committed with a firearm, it's with a handgun. Overwhelmingly. Yeah. I mean, you're so. 300 times more likely to die of medical malpractice in the United States than you are to be shot and killed by a rifle. Well, you speak of medical malpractice, and nobody's talking about the psychotropic drugs that somebody could be on, and I'm not saying that he's on that, but we have a mental health crisis in this country. Huge, And yeah. a lot of people, when you go to your doctor, they give you the Prozac, the Zoloft, and yeah, maybe that might work for some, but it also has side effects that aren't necessarily good for you. So I think that the root of the problem is that we have a mental health crisis mm -hmm. And, you know, if I jump into a pool, I'm not going to blame the water for getting wet. Like, a gun doesn't shoot itself off. You know, it's somebody behind the trigger. Well, I have this question for you guys, so you probably want to move on to a break or something. But <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you guys this, because I've been thinking about this a lot. And I know that this could only exist in, like, a vacuum, in, like, a hypothetical situation. I have always found that maybe we need to bring back institutions and asylums. For sure. Because, yes. And listen, the reason I don't trust this is because I hate the government and I do not trust their assessment of who and who and who shouldn't be. Because I in. would be in there, sorry. Yes, yeah, so probably so, so would all of us. We'd all be gulaged. But I have this thing where I'm like, why is it that we place such an emphasis on mental health and we go, oh, look at this, it's this emulated thing, everybody's mentally ill. <laughs> 
And then by the same token, when someone's all messed up from being mentally ill and they do they commit a crime, we go, oh, just kidding, <laughs> and then push it under the rug. I don't get how these two things can exist at the same time concurrently. It doesn't make sense. And I just want a lot of people institutionalized. Yeah. I say it all the time. There's so many mentally ill people in our society who are at risk to themselves and others. And I think, why is it that you get to live among us? I, and I say this as someone who who has a family member who has like, who just, yeah. And I, I, I don't. Disagree, <laughs> I don't want to help them. But. I don't disagree with you, um, and I, we've had this conversation off air yeah. uh, pretty recently. But I just go back to the deterioration of the mental health professional community, and yeah. I think mm -hmm. that's what makes this so unsolvable. Is yeah. that you have a bunch of uh, you know professionals, psychiatrists, all of these people who go to these prestigious schools and get the word doctor in front of their name, go and tell a you know a three year old that they're allowed to change their gender and, yeah. and can use hormone replacement therapy. So it's like these are not actually the people I trust to be assessing and diagnosing people and no, throwing no, them no. in institutions. So mm -hmm. what the hell do you do? No, you're 100% right. I mean, these doctors are basically just, you know, like pill pushers and they have some, you know, they're controlled, but they're so heavily regulated by the government. I don't trust a doctor very much either. I mean, to yeah. be honest. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. This thing could, this idea could only exist in a vacuum because it, in practice, it, it, there's too many holes. I mean, right. you're dealing with so many, I mean, I, I would go as far as to say that maybe a lot of our leaders are exceedingly mentally ill. I mean, at least they're not Joe Biden, he's perfect. He's Honestly, fine, yeah. he's not in cognitive decline <laughs> yeah, at all. If we just threw all of our leaders into these institutions, I think we'd be way better <laughs> this off. Would, this um, is a solution to uh, the problem. So let, let's get more into this uh, after the break. First, we want to thank new sponsor of the program, Bank on Yourself. So listen up. If you've got a 401k, IRA, uh, some sort of retirement plan, the government controls your retirement funds. They decide how much you can borrow, when you can pay it back. You're going to owe taxes and penalties if you take money out too soon or if you wait too long, even though that is your money that you have earned and saved up. By the way, thanks to our skyrocketing national debt, who knows how much you'll have to pay in taxes during a retirement that could last 30 years. Bank on yourself is a better way to grow and protect your hard-earned money. This retirement plan alternative has never had a losing year in over 160 years. That is how good it is. Bank on yourself provides guaranteed predictable growth and retirement income. There's no luck, skill, or guesswork required. It also has tax-free retirement income. You'll know what your tax rate will be in retirement zero. As under current tax law, which protects you from the coming tax tsunami. With Bank on Yourself, you have the liquidity. You can get access to your money for any purpose. No questions asked. You're not going to get penalized. You can even use it for purchases or opportunities without interrupting the growth of those dollars. This is the strategy famous businesses like McDonald's and Walt Disney used when no banker would lend them a dime. Almost anyone can do it. I'm telling you guys, it is not too good to be true. Okay, I've talked to these folks. I believe in this program. Uh, you got to go there. Get a free report with all the details of how adding Bank on Yourself to your financial plan can help you take back control of your money. That is bankonyourself.com slash matters, bankonyourself.com slash matters. I want to get to the uh, the White House's response to this, but I first want to, uh, I want to get into one more, I think particularly egregious uh, part of this claim. I don't really know how, like, how to phrase this because it is coming from an actual a DPS officer, but it just seems like it, this is such a piece of information that I seems odd that they would just voluntarily disclose in the way that they've disclosed it. This is the uh, Texas DPS lieutenant who seemed to suggest that officers uh, may have breached the school to get their own children before the shooter was confronted. Watch. 
We've heard that some law enforcement officers actually went into school uh, to get their kids out. Can you right. talk about that? Right. So what we do know, Vanessa, right now that there was some uh, police officers, families trying to get their children out of the school because it was an active shooter situation right now. I mean, that like that I just it's it really is like mind blowing to me that they could just admit on television. Yeah. If you were an officer, if you were lucky enough to be a trained officer, you got to go in there and get your kids. But you the parents, the woman. Yeah. Right. But the but the other parents mm -hmm. who were begging to go in there and get their kids couldn't go in there, but not because the police were going to come and confront this guy because they weren't even confronting him. So why the hell, if you are a parent, can't you say, screw you guys, I'm going to like, you know what, I'll just see what happens. Roll the dice and see what happens because you're leaving them for, for death. So why the hell not? It, it, it blows my mind that he would go on TV and say, yeah, police officers went and did that. Are, are, are they going to be held accountable? Is that a fireable offense? Seems to me like that should be cause for termination. Mm. Well, rules for, rules for me, but not for thee. I mean, these guys don't have to follow the same rules as those parents. And I think you look at the, the insubordination, like you look at the, the job that the cops did in stopping the shooter, it just, it just almost doesn't seem accidental. And that's me being conspiratorial. It just seems very weird that there's so many anomalies in the situation where you're going to let some cops go in there, but they don't actually address the shooter. I think that would be the first thing you address, even more than your own kids. And listen, I, I'm all about saving your own kids, but I think you address the problem before you even go run in and get your kid. Well, didn't they say that it was but didn't they say that they couldn't get the door open? So it's like, well, how did the other cops get yeah, but in? How, couldn't they have taken their kids to safety and come back in? But the, you don't think they have devices to jam open a I door? Know I know they mean, do. I mean, but duh. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, all, all of this is so conflicting. What, who's hiding what? And why don't we have the full story by this point? It's Friday. Lady, do you remember that? Do you remember that time that that guy was in Las Vegas and then killed a bunch of people? Yes. <laughs> Did you ever find out the no. information on that? Yeah, no, I don't. Um, Stephen Paddock. Yeah. Are we? Are we remotely? Uh, you know, this is this is what the thing is. This is what happens. I can't even string words into sentences. But yeah. you, I'm I'm being Joe Biden right now. But I mean, are you surprised? <laughs> I'm not surprised. I want to know. From I'm not your... surprised. I'm just. Freaking furious! Are you, she's she's uh, bleeping her in swear words now. I am. Yeah. Well, you have the swear jar, so I, I don't. Do. I, don't I want still it. can't get the lid off of it. So if someone <laughs> ought to send us an actual swear jar. I would love that. And it, you can just have like Alex Jones's face on it. I, I want to ask you, Alex, because this is now my show. Mm -hmm. um, what do you actually think happened? Well, like I mean, in your conspiracy world, because you always preface everything with I'm a conspiracy theorist, but that's okay because a lot of these things turn out to be true in the well, end. Well, we can only say so much, but for but me... But I want to know what your take this, is. This though. is what I look like, and this is what the government always does. It's called the Hegelian dialectic. It's called problem-reaction-solution. And so the solution is they want to take away our guns. Mm -hmm. So they have to create a reaction that makes us just, oh my God, all these kids are dying. All these people in the Bay of work can go run and take away our guns. So for me, I mean, I'm not saying that this is done on purpose. It's just you see that we have information that this guy was supposed to be in a Discord chat talking to another FBI. Wait, was that the Buffalo shooter? But or he was supposedly in the same discord as this guy, as, as Ramos. Yes. But who claims that? Oh, you haven't heard that? Oh, heard that? No, and let's not use name. I don't want to, I don't want to give the, okay. I don't want to name the shooters. Okay, well, let's not name, yes, let's not give, the, I'm just saying there's a lot of anomalies. For me, it's just like a, Hillary Clinton says, you're not going to let a good crisis go to waste. So it just, it, it doesn't pass the smell test. So, so I want to, and, and so let's get more into that whenever we talk about the Buffalo, yeah. the Buffalo shooter, because that's I, really interesting. Yeah, I, I do think that it is a very interesting Can we conversation. Can here too, though, before sure. we move on? Just, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. That's, I'm like, oh, no, Sarah, I'm sorry. No, but um, the, the thing I was reading before, and I'm sure the both of you saw this, but for anybody who didn't, um, the Gateway Pundit uh, were reporting on part of the story that said that back in, what, four years ago, two, a 12-year-old and a 13-year-old, or a 13 and 14-year-old, I can't remember which, planned to shoot up this school in 2020. 
And I found that really interesting because they didn't know your names. They didn't say who the kids were. And they said they went to counseling and then got, you know, released to their parents. And I was like, that's the strangest coincidence Yes. Yeah. And well, and and I think the the uh, city officials have already come out and said that it was not him. Mm-hmm. But first, they said that it was him because there was a, right. a House representative that said that it was him, and he was arrested four years ago. And I'm confused. Now they're now they're saying no, that's not true. But the, and that's why I'm saying like all of the details are it's completely muddy, and it's Friday. Why do we not have them by now? Well, that's another thing. It's meant to be confusing. It's right. meant for us not to know. It's meant to give us a lot of rabbit holes to go down, so we don't actually find out what happened. I can't wait for all of the bloody videos on YouTube in yeah, like four years. Real when quick, people sleuth it and find crap well, out. Where is all the surveillance footage? There has to be CCTV, closed caption oh, television in a school. Footage, yes. Of course, in this. In 2022, you don't think that school has any cameras in there? We haven't seen one frame of the shooter inside the school. And and even so, Joe Biden's White House says that they will not call for an investigation into this particular police response. This is what I find fascinating, his wording, his word choice here. Hmm. Uh, Joe Biden, quote, has the utmost respect for the men and women of law enforcement. <laughs> when did that happen? This doesn't, yeah, that doesn't make any sense what? either. Like, wouldn't you, they be on top of this because it furthers their own agenda? Yeah. Yes. That, well, that's I know. That's why I'm like, hold on a second. Who knew what and when and were Nothing they to told to, to stand down by a, a higher authority? Because <laughs> seems weird that a couple days after Joe Biden signed the George Floyd, you know, police reform executive order. Oh, shut up. They did not call it George Floyd. They did not name yes, him. Yes, he's our generation. Rosa Parks. What are you talking about? <laughs> why I'm do sorry. they? Why uh, do they love me. criminals? Excuse why? me. Are you, are, you, are you talking about St. George Floyd? Yeah, the best human being. St. George Floyd? Yeah. I'm sorry, guys, just I've, signed that. I've been like researching and writing this like fat acceptance video all week and I've missed a lot of stuff. So that is news to me. What the, well, I did see Obama's tweet about the whole thing. I loved that. That was fantastic. I'm sure you've already covered it on the show, but uh, I love the fact that it's like, uh, wh- whilst I feel bad for the many, uh, you know, pudding humans who are now deceased, uh, mm-hmm. but George mm-hmm. Floyd is more importante mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. m- well, needs we, to be clear. We could have used a little police brutality in this situation, but they decided not to use yeah. any. The zero police brutality, in fact, to the mm. point where, you know, 19 children died. I mean, I really am just baffled that Joe Biden has now found this, you know, this there's a newfound respect for law enforcement. He was totally fine with people burning down cities mm. mm-hmm. uh, in response to law enforcement. And now all of a sudden he has so much respect for them that he the refuses to do an investigation Nobody into such respect. a, yeah, into such a giant a horrible crisis. It just doesn't make sense. I can't wait to see Corinne Jean Perrine getting grilled by, uh, you know, Ducey on all this because there's a lot of answers. There are a lot of questions that aren't going to get answered, and that's the big problem in the situation. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, let's switch gears and talk about uh, whether or not a retired federal agent knew of the Buffalo mass shooters' plans in advance. We'll be right back. Law enforcement officers are investigating whether a retired federal agent had about 30 minutes advanced notice of uh, the Buffalo shooter's plans to murder people at a Buffalo supermarket. This is according to two law enforcement officials who told the Buffalo News. Uh, they believe that this, this is weird. They believe that the former agent, so authorities believe that the former uh, agent 
believed to be from Texas, was one of at least six individuals who regularly communicated with the accused gunman in an online chat room where they discussed racial hatred. Uh, and the two law enforcement sources with direct knowledge of the investigation stated these individuals were invited by the shooter to read about his mass shooting plans and the target location about 30 minutes before he killed the 10 people that he killed. They just couldn't determine, the Buffalo News couldn't determine if the retired agent accepted the invitation. So now federal authorities are investigating. Um, it just... If it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck. It it's probably a duck. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's very unusual. I mean, and then you just look at the situation like surrounding the discord that they're talking about. I believe one of the targets was the great rep replacement uh, theory. And there's one thing, growing up in Texas, I remember being told as an elementary student that Hispanics were going to outnumber whites all the time. And that wasn't some conspiracy. It wasn't even a negative thing. And now they're using, they're weaponizing that as, you know, some Tucker Carlson right wing conspiracy. And then they stopped talking about the great replacement therapy because the other shooter in, uh, in Uvalde was Hispanic. So it's just a lot of confusing. They go from one narrative to the next. We don't even know who to be mad at or who to hold accountable. Yeah, I, I do love that they keep, I mean, I don't love it, but they keep conflating what the great replacement theory even is. Mm -hmm. And they keep uh, trying to make it sound like, Alex, as you pointed out, that it's about Hispanics coming in or like the Democrats plan to bring in a bunch of illegals and uh, turn them into voters. It's like, no, that's not a theory. Like they actually are doing that. Yeah, like, they told us that in school. <laughs> like, no, like that's a it's a fact. They are yeah. letting people across the border uh, over in New York. Illegal immigrants can vote in local uh, elections. So like this is not that's not a theory. That's not a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. Even though you heard it from Alex Stein. Like it's <laughs> it that literally is happening. And I think that that's what's so crazy making is like they're gaslighting us mm -hmm. into thinking that like you know oh these are you guys are just you guys have a bunch of mass shooters committing crimes because of a crazy conspiracy theory. And it's like, A, that's not actually what the Great Replacement Theory is. But B, uh, what you're saying people are arguing about whether or not it's actually happening is actually happening, mm -hmm. factually speaking. I don't know, guys. The more that I learn about this, like I said, to begin with, I don't know what to make of any of it. And I don't know where the information's coming from, and that's the other thing, too, that really gets me is that I go, well, who's doing this? Are the sources good sources? Because at this point, I feel like the media just publishes whatever falls in their lap, and they just go, yeah. Like, think there was a tweet actually that went viral, not maybe not yesterday, maybe the day before. Um, and Andy No, the journalist, um, mm -hmm. he covered this where he said this person like wrote a series of tweets saying that um, that Greg, Greg Abbott, Abbott, I can't speak English, sorry, that Greg Abbott came to his house and basically well, his, his his people, yes, mm -hmm. came um, to his house. offered money and offered yeah offered money to basically stand beside him and be like, haha, like we're pro guns and whatever. Right. The person who wrote those tweets isn't from Texas. Seattle, lose somebody. <laughs> yes, is from is from Spokane, Washington, and you just go. And all these people, all these major leftist figures shared those tweets. It went viral. Mm -hmm. And this person is using this narrative for their own, not only for their own gain, but to just like push nonsense. Mm -hmm. And so I just go, everyone lies. Everyone takes things and pushes things. And the right wing is guilty of this too. They take things and push things that are certifiably untrue because they're too lazy to find out if it is true. And that was a prime example of that. Like half the people who are posting about like loved ones that are, that had died, I was like, oh, that like this is horrific, and, and reading their stories is so sad, but to have somebody posting about a nephew who passed away, a nephew they didn't even have, is revolting. And so, I don't know, I'm just skeptical of everything, I don't know what to believe, and I get really stressed out. 
doing this job during doing like you know during crises crises because I'm like what the heck I don't know what to think. Well, did you see that one tweet where a, fa a victim, a father of one of the victims, was a Kyle Rittenhouse fan? Yes. Yeah. And they just and they, and they were like, look apart. at this. They tore him apart. Ridiculous. It's like I mean, yeah, if there was a Kyle Rittenhouse there. Maybe things would have ended differently. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you have a real big point. <laughs> I mean, it's just sad that these cops didn't stop the shooter and stood down. I think that is the biggest red flag that we have to look at and put a lot of blame on the police force in the yeah, situation. Certainly, if you are in the community uh, over there, you probably don't feel very confident in your police force's ability to protect you uh, at this point. I want to switch gears here and talk about James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, who, as we know, doing really, really great work over there, much to the dismay of uh, <laughs> our law enforcement officials, our White House administration. Uh, and so James O'Keefe recently testified about the FBA, FBA, FBI You're catching rating. My I know. I should, it's, it's, yeah. Sorry. It's like an illness. <laughs> I didn't realize that I could catch it from you. Uh, the FBI rating his home over Ashley Biden's diary and the FBI's targeting of Project Veritas journalists. I think it, it left the House Judiciary Committee a little speechless. Let's, let's watch that. My home was raided by armed FBI agents in the pre-dawn hours of November 6, 2021. I was the third journalist at Project Veritas handcuffed um, that November. The FBI took off with 47 devices from our newsroom. The FBI wanted evidence of a crime related to a diary written by Ashley Biden, containing allegations about what she described as, quote, probably inappropriate, unquote, behavior by her father, President Joe Biden. And we have a little video clip here of the raid. Guys, we're, um, we're in the middle of discussing how it's apparently impossible to get information from the government right now on things that matter. And you have uh, the government punishing journalists who are trying to get the true information out. It's a pretty scary place to be right now. Well, if the shooter, if the Uvalde shooter had a copy of Ashley Biden's diary, none of this would have happened. That's, that's <laughs> the message we got to kind of make clear. And listen, it's similar to what happened to January 6th. Now our alphabet agencies are basically being weaponized against the people. Now they're saying, you know, after 9-11, it was the foreign terrorists. But now if you speak against the government, you're a domestic terrorist. So it's really scary. Project Veritas are doing great work, but... Uh, they're continuing to be a target of the FBI. That should make every single c citizen really scared because if they'll go after them, they'll definitely come after us. Yeah, Sydney. I d yeah, well, I mean, it's only ever a matter of time, isn't it, before these things sort of end up being used on a wider scale. Uh, a friend of mine said a while back, because I remember when I was like super, super pro-police, and it's not to say that I'm not pro-police now, I'm just sort of, I have doubts about the agency as a general rule and, and a lot of institutions in this country. But a friend of mine said a while back, he was like, you might defend some of these agencies and institutions now because you're not the target, but how long is it until you are the target and you're getting sent off to the gulag? And that hit me so hard. And so now when I see this type of stuff, I go, really, how long is it before you do or say something that's not appropriate? And people think that that's really 
far-fetched and they think that that's probably not on the cards, but I would draw their attention to any other country that arrests journalists for just doing and saying innocuous things. Mm. Let me give you guys one good conspiracy where we can end on this, a little conspiracy. You look up police IQ lawsuit. Did you know police officers, they have to take an IQ test and if their IQ is too high, they're not hired. Really? Stop. Yes, that's a fact. Guys, if you're watching this, look up police IQ lawsuit. If if your IQ is too high, you didn't get, yes, you didn't not get hired. Google it right now. I'm Googling it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of high IQs IQ are lawsuit. so great at following rules. Yeah, they don't want you to be too smart. A guy actually sued because he was. Wow. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I think he was in Buffalo, wasn't Court he? Court okays barring high IQs for cops. Let me see where Why this is. Why? Yes. What's the. Because they don't want you to be New too York. smart. Yeah. Yes. This is. And that's. that's okay. I have. Okay. All right. Let, I got to read this. Let's take a break. Yeah. And I want to read this. What? Yeah, you didn't know. Yeah. No. Like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> In more awesome news coming from our law enforcement agencies, two ex-FBI agents accused of botching the sex abuse case against former USA Gymnastics doctor Larry Nassar, who uh, molested girls that were on the team, those people will not be charged. This is according to the Department of Justice uh, yesterday. So the Department of Justice Inspector General Michael Horowitz found that the former FBI agents, a supervisor and his subordinate, lied to internal investigators to cover up their failure to investigate credible claims made against Nassar in 2015. And that failure uh, allowed this guy to continue abusing young girls. And so, look, uh, we see this time and time again that um, these FBI agents, these people who are in high places of authority, just completely disregard the law whenever it suits them and there are no repercussions for it. So why wouldn't they? And I want to make this clear because, Sydney, you did, the control room was like, wow, this is a not very pro-law enforcement show because there's just all of this stuff that happens to come out and and you were commenting on these agencies and and how they can be turned and weaponized against you and I completely agree with it. I want to point out to the viewers that I don't think that any of us sitting at the table think that every single FBI agent or no, officer no. or anything is part of that. In fact, I would argue that it's the people at the top. It's the bureaucrats that are rotting the entire system. Um, so still, I just want to make that clear. But why can't clear. you criticize, though, when agencies have rotten apples? Because this is the thing. Either the entire agency is the rotten apple and it needs to be deconstructed and fixed, which is honestly probably better for society if that's the case, or there's a couple bad people like you said who are at the top who suck, fine, but I don't know why we're not allowed to criticize bad behavior. I mean, we do it for the left nonstop. I, I just don't understand. And it's, you're not, it's not that you're taking aim at like great, awesome police officers and FBI agents who are doing their job, who are exposed to the worst crap in the world. I have so much respect for them. I feel bad for them. I, I, I question they why they're even still there, right? Yes. I'm like, I don't think I could still be there. I would have left a long time ago. But still, I mean, you want to be critical of, and I I, I don't know, I, I guess I I just don't understand why we can't look at the, the bad faith actors and go, you suck, and you well, drop the ball, well, and you deserve... You know, to be called out for it. It is the people in charge because the FBI, you know, they caught Hunter Biden with a rental car. They left crack cocaine and they never charged him. So the FBI gets to pick and choose who they go after. That's also because they're so closely affiliated with the government and the government has their fingers right in that pie. And they're probably making determinations about who can and cannot be prosecuted or, you know, have them chased or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but that's disgusting. Every rule should apply to everybody evenly. And but that's, it won't, and it never will, yeah. because you have people who have more money, power, and you know, influence than you do, making decisions about how this world is constructed that you have to live in. 
Yeah, I mean, you have, uh, let's think about just the, the stuff that we've heard in the last couple of months that, like, people in high places have completely abused their power or yeah. lied to the American people and will never uh, probably see anything, any negative repercussions to that. You have Merrick Garland, who claimed that uh, they did not in, uh, call uh, parents domestic terrorists. They didn't create, you know, they didn't create the tag uh, to be able to tag these parents as domestic terrorists. That turned out to be a complete lie. I'm sure no one will ever ask him about that again. He will not be charged with anything. He will see no consequences to it. You have all of the stuff coming out about Hillary Clinton and all of the stuff she was engaged in. Um, and it's just, it's frustrating to be just a normal person. Like, guys, if I ever did any of this stuff, you, I mean, you have people who we just covered earlier in the week, a guy who smoked pot in some senator's office on January 6th, mm -hmm. and he's like in solitary confinement mm -hmm. for who knows how long with mold and like, uh, you know, no showers and no exercise. He can't see the light of day because he smoked pot in the senator's office, mm -hmm. but all of these people in high places get to get away with whatever the hell they want. Well, I mean, you look at like, we were talking about the Larry Nassar situation, how he molested, he was, you know, the head of the medicine at Michigan State, and he abused, you know, they say nearly hundreds of Olympic athletes. And then you look at Dennis Hassard, who was, you know, Speaker of the House, and he was a convicted uh, pedophile. So there are people high up that are abusing children that we don't even know about. So they, oh, that's a conspiracy, that's not real. Let me tell you something. These people take advantage of vulnerable people, uh, and you know, there's, uh, it, it's more rampant than they say on the medium in the yeah. news. Last word, Sid. Um, police officers are very nice people sometimes, but it is okay to call out institutions when they are a little bit flawed or very flawed. And uh, the people that run our countries are super jacked up. And uh, I love coming on your show, Sarah. Please don't take my incapacity to speak today as an indication that I shouldn't come back. That was actually really good. You didn't good. swear either, so. Well, earlier. Uh, earlier. I, say, I, say, I, say, I think it's okay. There's, there's also one more segment left, so there's oh, still okay. time. So don't, time. Oh, I got confused. I thought it was the end. I thought the music was going to play, and then I would get to do my little... Whatever. No. That's fine. Well, just not seeing myself out. <laughs> I'm chaotic today. This I'm is sorry. going really well so it's far. It's Friday. Right, let's, guys. Let's, take a, let's take a break. We'll be back. <laughs> it is Friday. mayor of uh, Uvalde, whose handling of uh, the Beto interruption at that press conference was just absolutely wonderful. He once again blasted good friend of the program, Robert Francis O'Rourke, for crashing <laughs> that press conference. Uh, let's play this. No community should have to go through what we went through this community. And for a person to come in there and start that crap, I, I have no respect for Beto. And the haters that hate that send me the emails and the texts, to hell with you too. I'm just telling you. But I don't care if you're a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent. We're American people. We're trying to come together as a community and to do what you did today at that press conference was wrong. I'm sorry, but it was wrong. I just love that he. The guy has a walker. I know. And he no, but he still is like so much more manly than than Robert Francis. Oh, oh yeah. I, my money's on him. Mm -hmm. If there was ever a, a, an altercation. Well, My you, money is definitely on you. You say that, and I hate to complain, but I think Abbott kind of, you know, he definitely emasculated Abbott a little bit by him standing up and Abbott not saying anything. I mean, I hate to say that. Actually, uh, I thought Abbott played it. I you thought, thought he played I think, it okay? Yeah, because I think as the governor, you let you let the local uh, the local leader handle it, and they all stepped in so quickly. I thought Abbott, 
I think Abbott would have looked bad if I, he would have yelled back. Mm-hmm. This is Monday morning quarterback, but I would have been like, all right, what do you have to say, Beto? Because, you know, Beto would have said something dumb like, oh, we need to get rid of guns. And I think that would actually radicalize people against Beto. So, listen, the Mayor Uvalde, you'll, I'll be at your city council sooner than later to meet you. Primetime 99 is coming to meet you, my friend. <laughs> I do also I do also want to point out, uh, I tweeted about this, but apparently Robert Francis has, they, he quietly went back to his website and where he had uh, made an indication that he wanted to protect the Second Amendment yeah. and all of that. He now has on his website, I don't believe civilians should own AR-15s or AK-47. So we've gone back, it's full circle now. We've gone back to, hell yeah, we're going to take your AR-15s and your AK-47. So now we're back there. Well, he's so, flip-flops. I yeah. Mean. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays that in Texas when he is directly asked about it at the town halls that you know. Alex and I will be attending. Mm-hmm, 100% better. So we're going to troll you way harder and way better than you tried to troll them. So, you know, take notes. I, uh, so, all right. I, I want to make sure everyone knows where they can find my wonderful shirt, Sydney. Uh, on my wonderful website, sydneywatson.com slash merch, you can get one of these guys if you want to. Otherwise, you can just look at Sarah in it, which you look very lovely today. Well, thank you. You always look nice, though. And your I'm... teeth are very white. Oh. And Alex, <laughs> okay, I, I, I am going. very, very fond of your shoes. Oh, well, I appreciate wow. that. Like, one more time, the orange shoes. Hey, and, and, <laughs> guys, one thing, the one thing we haven't mentioned, though, we got to end on this note. Uh, how's inflation doing? How's the fentanyl drug crisis doing? I mean, I, I think we're forgetting about a lot of the other problems we have going on. I it's love that meat costs me all of my legs. That's my favorite. I, I just love paying for things with my limbs. All right. Well, uh, that's it for us here on this Friday. Thank you guys for being here. And we will see you folks on a Tuesday. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.